want to thank you for joining us today on Meeting with God. Meeting with God is the radio preaching ministry of Vertical Church in Columbus. We're continuing our series called The Power of Worship. And today we're going to listen to the first part of a message called The Heart of a Disciple Maker. Let's learn what it means to be a disciple maker in 1 Corinthians chapter 9. You ever had to hire somebody? You ever had to look somebody in the eye and say, um, yeah, you've applied to this job, and uh, now I'm going to look over your what? I'm going to look over your resume. What do you do when you look in a resume? You look at somebody's education. You look at their experience. But the real thing you want to know, assuming those are in place, is uh, does this person uh, have the heart to do what I'm asking them to do or potentially going to hire them to do? And do they have the drive to do whatever it takes to get the job done? Uh, The hard thing is, sometimes that's the hardest thing to measure and the thing you know the least about. I remember when we were back at Harvest, uh, we got to uh, know uh, this particular man, particular organization. Um, The man's name was, um, don't laugh, uh, Flip Flippin. And uh, he runs the Flippin organization which does flippin' assessments, okay? Now, I'm not kidding. That's his name. I, I feel bad for his... I don't know what his parents were thinking, um, <laughs> but it's not a name you easily forget. That's for sure. But the thing about this organization that was extraordinary is this man had a passion to help identify how well people fit into different situations and to measure their capacity to help different organizations in getting people um, settled into certain positions. So at Harvest, we got to know him, and I remember the time that James took his assessment, his flipping assessment. He said, it was like a John 4 experience. Um, I met a man who told me everything I ever did, and his name was Flip. Okay, it was, like, it was like he told James everything about, and I had took one, and wow, they knew all, <laughs> it's a little scary. Now, that's all great. Back away from that for a second. It's great to know the heart of a whatever you want to fill in the blank. How about the heart of a disciple maker? How do you measure the heart of a disciple maker? Like, we don't put out assessments here. Hey, what's your heart like? Well, you're not quite a, you're not quite a disciple maker, have you ever asked yourself, what is a disciple maker like? What drives them? What's the thing that I need to measure? What's the, how do I understand their drive or their passion? Well, that's why we're going to God's word today. Why don't you open God's word to uh, 1 Corinthians chapter 9. And we're going to see what God's word has to say. Here's the title of the message. Uh, the heart of a disciple maker. Do I have the heart of a disciple maker? Um, and my hope today is that you will let the Holy Spirit do an assessment on your heart. Do you have the heart of a disciple maker? 1 Corinthians chapter 9, verse 19. Paul says this, For though I am free from all, and keep in mind he had just talked about the fact uh, that he had a stewardship from God, and that was to preach the gospel, but he was willing to go beyond that because he was so passionate about reaching people with the gospel that he would lay aside every right, and it was actually his boast that he could serve other believers by giving up his rights and privileges for the sake of the gospel. Now, verse 19, he says, For though I am free from all, I have made myself a servant to all, that I might win more of them. Now notice Paul says, I am free from all. What was Paul saying there? Well, Paul was saying that he had freedom as an individual. He was not a slave. He was not enslaved to anything. He had freedom in Jesus Christ, and he had legal freedom as well. I want to ask you something before we dig into this text. 
One thing I want to ask you is, are you free? You're not going to be able to do ministry and to be a disciple maker and to win others for Jesus Christ if you yourself are not free. There's a lot of different types of bondage, some spiritual, some physical. How about this? Freedom from sin, freedom from materialism, freedom from debt. That's why we have Financial Peace University. So many people's lives are controlled by their debt, free from bitterness. You know, it's not always about what you own, it's about what owns you. One of the passions we have here at Harvest is to see you free, free in deed, free in truth. Be free, why would I want to be free? Why do I need to be free? Well, notice what Paul says in the text, for though I am free from all, I have made myself a servant to all that I might win more of them. I'm free to serve, but why? Why would I want to be free to serve? Why? Why is Paul so passionate about serving? Well, notice in the text, he says that, that I might win more. Might win more. Now, what is that term? Well, let me quote something from a commentary. It said this. The missionary background of winning disciples for Jesus occurs in Matthew 18, 15. Let me just read that verse. This is talking about if your brother sins. Matthew 18, 15 says, If your brother sins against you, go and tell him his fault between you and him alone. And if he listens to you, you have gained your brother. It's the same, same word in the Greek. To win your brother over back to Jesus Christ or back to a vibrant relationship with him. Now that's in the context of church discipline. The context that we're in now is about winning souls to Jesus Christ. Let me read the rest of this commentary. The missionary background of winning disciples for Jesus occurs in Matthew 18, 15, although it derives from the commercial background of gaining an asset or making a profit. Now think about that. A disciple maker has a passion to gain assets. It does. He has a, a disciple maker has a, a passion to gain assets, eternal assets. More brothers and sisters in Christ. More hearts exalting Jesus Christ. Well, clearly Paul, for Paul, uh, to make himself a servant or a slave, uh, he was pretty passionate, wouldn't you say? Paul's pretty passionate about making disciples. That's what he gave his life to. He would die for it. Remember last week? He would die for making disciples. But the question is, what about us? And I'm asking us individually. I'm also asking us corporately. If you're wondering, what is Harvest about? I'm just really curious. I'm just really curious. What is Harvest about? Or, I've been at Harvest for almost two years now. Are we still on mission? Here's our mission. Our mission is to glorify God by making more disciples and better disciples. That's it right there. More disciples and better disciples. Well, how do we do that? How do we do that? I'm going to tell you, Paul was about winning people for Jesus Christ. That was it. He gave his whole life to winning people over to follow Jesus Christ. But if we are going to do that, and I hope that you have the heart of a disciple maker, you're going to have to make a choice. Notice in verse 19, Paul says, I have made myself a servant to all. Now, that was a choice. It's a choice. To make myself a servant is a choice I have to make. And if you're here today and you're like, boy, I'm so passionate about reaching people for Christ, but I have no heart to serve people, um, God would speak to you today. 
he would have a message for you today. You're trying, to, you're trying to swim in an ocean without a flotation device. You're trying to do something as abnormal, cannot be done. If you don't have a heart to reach people, that's a first problem. But if you do have a heart to reach people, but you don't have a heart to be a servant, hey, you're missing the ingredients. That's why we go to God's word. Notice Paul said, make myself. I'm gonna keep coming back to that. Make myself. It's a choice. It's a choice of reverse status. I know Jesus Christ. I, I'm going to lower myself. I'm going to lower my stature. I'm going to become a servant. Now, literally, that word, uh, some people translate it in some commentaries, slave. It's probably a better translation. Slave. I'm going to make myself a slave. So it's basically saying, like, I'm going to go and put myself into slavery. I'm going to sell myself into slavery for the sake of winning more to Jesus Christ. Wow. That's your reverse status. I would call that downward mobility. You know, everybody in our culture is about upward mobility. How about downward mobility? But think about this. Downward mobility is really upward usability. I lower myself and my usability by Jesus Christ is enhanced. Downward mobility, upward usability by Christ. You know, one of my great joys in ministry uh, is seeing people say, I could never do that. I could never do that. I could never, my favorite one is, I could never serve in children's ministry. Never. I, like kids are allergic to me and I to them. But then I've seen some people say, but you know what? I'm going to make myself a servant. I'm going to make myself a servant. I'm just going to try it. I'm going to, and then you see people six months later and they're like, I love it. This is great. I can't wait till I get to be with the kids again. And you see them in the lobby and now they're not very allergic to the kids. Okay. And there's a love between them because they have made themselves a servant. Make myself a servant, a slave. Have you ever thought to yourself, what makes a great Christian? Like who gets on the hall, who gets in the hall of fame of Christianity? I mean, do you think about that? I'm not really saying that I sit in my office every week going, wow, if I just do this, I could make the hall of fame. I hope nobody's doing that. The hall of fame isn't in heaven. There isn't no heaven hall of fame, Okay. But let's just say hypothetically there was, okay? Just for the sake of discussion. We're all having fun here, all right? Can you have fun? Because you're really gonna have a hard time with what's coming next if you can't have fun. Everybody have fun? All right, I was thinking about this. What if, what if Donald Trump applied to be Paul's apprentice? Some of you have a sense of humor, some of you are like, did I really go to church here today? <laughs> Let me show you a picture of uh, the Trump Tower. Um, Jensine and I actually were here last, when we were celebrating our anniversary in New York last year. We were here, and this is a picture from the inside. Everything's gold in there. But anyways, I was thinking, what if Donald Trump was the apprentice of Paul? And he walked in one day and said, hey, Paul, um, I'd like to be your apprentice. I'd like to be a great Christian. I want to be the greatest Christian ever. And Paul's like, all right, all right, well, we, we, could, we could see about that. I mean, I, I could work with you a little bit. And, and then Donald gets all excited, and he's like, hey, 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 well, here's what I was thinking. I could go to seminary. I could go to seminary, and, and I could come out. I tell you, by the time I come out of there, be, I could light the place on fire. And people would be like, wow, that guy speaks with the tongues of men and angels. Now, I would love to be in that Greek class. That would be fun, okay? And then he's like, hey, hey, and Paul, Paul, and think about this. I could then, I would pray as hard as I could as hard as I could. And by the, time, by the time I was done praying, people would say, wow, he has prophetic powers. He, has the, he, has, he understands mysteries and knowledge. Look at, the, look at this dude's faith. 
maybe I can even have a television program. I could be on the television Christian program. And I can see Paul going, yes, you would fit right in. <laughs> and Paul's like, but, but, and Donald just jumps right in again. Hey, hey, and what if I gave everything I own? What if I sold everything I own, all my property, and I would give it to feed uh, food, those in, in, in shelters and the food pantries, I could fill them with food, and, and I would even give everything I am for the sake of the gospel. Paul's like, wow, yeah, I guess you're pretty fired up, but you know, uh, Donald, you need, to, you, need to read a, you need to read our manual on greatness. And Donald's like, really? There's a manual on greatness in Christianity? And Paul's like, yeah, sure. Why don't you turn over to Matthew chapter 20? Um, so Donald's like, where's Matthew? Is that in the beginning or the end? Uh, okay, so it's, it's toward the end. And Donald turns over there. Matthew chapter 20. He finds it. And he says, he starts reading in verse 25. Matthew 20, verse 25. He says, and Jesus called them to him and said, you know the rulers of the Gentiles lorded over them. And their great ones exercise authority over them. Boy, I love this already. This is great. Jesus gets authority just like I do. It shall not be so among you. But whoever would be great among you must be your servant. And whoever would be first among you must be your slave. Even as the Son of Man came not to be served, but to serve and to give his life a ransom for many. What? Paul, you're telling me I have to do this? serve people like I actually have to love them are you kidding me and Paul's like yeah Donald that's how it goes here this is what Christ wants us to do I'm firing myself you know and off he would run right and I hope sometime that God would get a hold of that man but here's the point Paul was taken with a passion to live out Jesus Christ's priority of serving and what Jesus says right here if you're going to be great in the kingdom of God, if you want to have the heart of a disciple maker, you have to have a heart to serve. There is no other way about it. If you want to serve in this church and rise to a place of influence, it will be directly connected to your capacity and desire to serve. Okay? When you put people in positions of authority who have no heart to serve, the church is headed for chaos. Pastor Luke Aarons from Vertical Church. You know, I love that you're listening to Meeting with God, but I got a question for you. Are you doing the Christian life in isolation? At Vertical Church Columbus, we live out biblical community, not only through our weekend services, but also in grace groups. These small groups meet across the city weekly to encourage one another and care for one another and study God's word together. You know, if you don't have Christians around you in your journey with Christ, let me invite you to Vertical Church. Go to verticalchurch.life. But it's a lot more than that. This, it's more than a church thing. It's a Jesus thing. When you go to stand before him on that day, the question he's going to have is, how did you serve? Tell me about your serving. Tell me how you made yourself a slave, a slave to other people, both to those that were not believers to win them and those who were believers. How far will you go to win disciples? How far? Or better, let me say it this way. How far will you serve to win disciples. What if it costs me something, Pastor Luke? What, 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 what will it cost me? Here's my question to you. What does it really matter? Is there a grade where it gets to be too much to serve when Jesus Christ has given his life for us? Let's see what Paul did. Notice verse 20. Paul says, but to the Jews I became a Jew 
in order to win the Jews. And to those under the law, I became as one under the law, although not being under myself under the law, that I might win those under the law. And to those outside the law, i.e. Gentiles, I became as one outside the law, not being outside the law of God, but under the law of Christ, that I might win those outside the law. To the weak, I became weak, that I might win the weak. You see, we see three categories here. Paul said, I would do whatever it takes. I would go to whoever I could. I would do it. I would serve any I could to win them. Now look at these three categories. Uh, there, are, there are modern equivalents. Well, think about those that are under the law, the Jews, those who had a passion for religion, religion, more religion, okay? Those are like the legalists. We'll call them the legalists group. And then there was the group of those outside the law. We might call those, and help me with my terms here, understand what I'm saying. They are liberal religious people. I'm not talking about liberal political people. We've got to be careful there. I'm talking about re- liberal religious people. People where anything goes, okay? I'm going to talk more about that in a minute. And then I would define the, the last group is uh, what we might socially call losers, the weak, Okay? Legalists, liberals, losers. Those losers being those who are socially vulnerable, maybe slaves, maybe people who are in a very dangerous place personally, financially. I'm going to tell you something. It doesn't matter which L you got in front of your name. They're all lost. That's the thing that they have in common. And the thing that drove Paul was a passion to reach lost people no matter which category they found themselves in. Notice verse 22. End of verse 22. To the weak I became weak that I might win the weak. I've become all things to all people that by all means I might save some. Some of us read that. I read that. I'm like, Paul would do anything to win converts. Isn't that unbiblical? Like, aren't we supposed to have a few standards here, Paul? You're doing all things by all means, all means to win people. Uh, Maybe, Paul, you should tighten that up a little bit. Were 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 you losing the inspiration here? Well, notice this. Paul says, I became. He did not say the gospel became. Critical difference here. Paul's saying, I did things to reach people. Not, I I messed with the gospel. The gospel can never change, ever. First, there's the legalist gospel. Okay? I want to differentiate this. There's the legalist gospel. The legalist gospel is uh, the true gospel plus a few things. Okay, so you got to do the gospel, but you got to do a few more things before you can really get saved. That's the person who says, oh, I'm glad you came to church, but you got to stop smoking, got to stop drinking, got to get away from whatever, got to change this, stop talking like that, and then you can get saved. Okay, the gospel is the gospel. It's about Jesus Christ changing you after you get saved, not before. Okay, the legalist gospel is fix yourself, then come get Jesus. That's not the gospel. That's the gospel plus Now, the liberal gospel is the other way. If this gospel is, hey, raise the bar so high that almost no one can get in, not what Jesus would do. Okay, the liberal gospel is the opposite. It's, oh, oh, you can't jump over it that high? Let's lower it a little bit. Oh, let's, oh, oh, you can't hop over that. Maybe you can crawl over it. We'll change the gospel until it's whatever you want it to be. You can bring your lifestyle. You can bring whatever you want. You don't have to accept Jesus Christ as Lord. Just accept him as Savior. He's not meant to change you. Uh, We're just going to slap a Christian sticker on your forehead. That's not the gospel either. 
That's the watered down gospel. That's the cut and paste gospel. I'll take this, but not that. That's not the gospel. And neither is that. Let's be careful to have the right gospel. To change the gospel is both evil, is evil and wicked. The gospel can never change. I want to read this. This is very important. Romans 6.23 says, For the wages of sin is death, but the free gift of God is eternal life in Christ Jesus our Lord. God's grace is given to everyone. That's the gospel, okay? We don't have an American gospel that we tinker with. Notice again, I became. Paul says, I became. I want to give you an example. You might be like, well, he became. Give me a modern example. I will. Some of you have heard of the man called, uh, how many of you ever heard the name Hudson Taylor? Hudson Taylor was a famous missionary from about about 150 years ago. Um, He was a missionary to China, and he had a burning passion for the gospel, and he moved all the way over to China to reach lost Chinese people. That was his burning passion. So he went over there, and what he noticed is that a lot of the Christian missionaries were all living in these Christian enclaves, if you will, and they were trying to both westernize the, uh, the Chinese and reach them for the gospel. And really, they weren't getting much beyond that. If people wouldn't westernize, they didn't really reach many people. And he said, enough of this. This is crazy. There's no Western gospel. There's just the gospel. There's no Western Christianity. There's just Christianity. And so what he did, and it really caused some waves, he went out and he started dressing like the Chinese, just like the native Chinese individuals. And he he dressed like that. He moved in. He, he, He urged his missionaries to move inland. That's why the name of the ministry he started, China Inland Mission. They moved in to be among the people. They had a real passion to reach people. He had a passion for souls. He would do whatever it took to reach lost people. He had a passion for souls. And he was willing to become whatever it took to reach people for Jesus Christ. Had a massive, I'm telling you today, you hear over here in China that the gospel's spreading like crazy. I'm telling you, he probably had a greater impact on that than anyone. The church has grown and gone underground and grown and gone underground. The people had the same passion that he infused with them with. Listen, you gotta get this message to people, whatever it takes. Listen, the messenger can change. In fact, the messenger often has to change to avoid the hindrances or blockades to the gospel. But the message cannot Here's the second point. Winning more, a price I must pay. Winning more, a price I must pay. Certainly Hudson Taylor had a price he must pay. Both lost, was criticized significantly within the Christian community, uh, suffered hardship. I'm telling you, when he's before Jesus Christ, he's going to be hearing a lot of well done. A lot of well done. What's the price we have to pay? What's the price? We need to serve with a willingness. We have to have a willingness to serve by yielding. Let me give you four things. What's the price? How do we, how do, we do what Paul did? How do we become a Jew to the Jews, a Gentile to the Gentiles, a weak person to the weak? First, yielding my preferences. We all have preferences, right? And we come home, we want a certain kind of dinner, we want a certain kind of dessert, we want to watch a certain type of TV program. I like my certain type of Bible and my certain type of chair, and I have a certain kind of car I like, and I hope I can afford it, and I have a certain type of house and a certain type of neighborhood, and I want my, my kids to go to a certain type of school, and I root for a certain type of team, and I have lots of preferences, and so do you. But we can yield those. 
We also have privileges. Certain stature, certain opportunities give us certain privileges, certain levels of stature and, and, and um, influence. I can yield that. What about my identity? Now we're getting something personal. All of us, want, we have our own little identity of who we are and what I look like and what my family thinks of me and my own view on myself how I want to dress and how I want to be perceived. Here's another one, my comfort. I can yield my comfort. You can only imagine what those trips were like across, halfway across the world from England all the way over to uh, Hong Kong and Shanghai. Those must have been really fun boat trips. Hudson gave up comfort, gave up everything for one passion, to win souls. Think about this. How far will you serve to win disciples? How far? How far is too far? Maybe far needs to be farther. Thank you so much for listening to Meeting with God, the radio ministry of Vertical Church in Columbus, Ohio. Vertical Church exists to glorify God through the fulfillment of the Great Commission and the spirit of the Great Commandment by making disciples of Jesus Christ. If you live in Columbus and currently do not have a church home, we would love to invite you to worship with us. Our worship services meet at our church home at 1290 Old Henderson Road. Our church family is warm, loving, and would be so happy to meet you. If you currently do not have a place to worship this weekend, would you join us? As always, thank you for listening, and we hope you'll join us next week for your Meeting with God. Meeting with God is the teaching ministry of Vertical Church Columbus. For more information, go to verticalchurch.life.